I want you to look there in Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. What I want you to see in chapter 11 and verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Now, Jesse is not talking about the Jesse Martinez that we have around here. This Jesse is the father of David, King David. And he's talking about there's somebody going to be born from Jesse's line and on down the road. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. So on down the road comes along David. And then a thousand years later, you have Jesus been born of the line of David. He had the right to claim the throne of Israel. He had the right to be the king of Israel. This one that's going to be born, this is one of the branches that will be identified. He must be the king of Israel. He has to be of the line of David and the tribe of Judah. He has to be born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah. He has to be. So there's some truth that identify him. And as you look at this and you see all these things down through here by his righteousness. And then notice that this is going to be during a kingdom upon the earth. The king is coming. Now understand this. When you study the New Testament, the first four books of the New Testament, you've got Matthew, which pictures Jesus Christ as the king. The lion of the tribe of Judah. And then you have the book of Mark which pictures Jesus Christ as the ox or the servant. Then you have the book of Luke, which pictures Jesus Christ as a man, a perfect man. And then you have the gospel of John that pictures Jesus Christ as the son of God. Holy, he is God. He is deity. That's who he is. So this one that's going to come, there's four branches of identification truths. That when Jesus comes, he has to be of the line of David. He's going to be the king, but he's also going to be a servant. A king? Going to be a servant? But not only is that, he's going to be a man. The perfect man. But he's going to be God. He's God, man. He's a king, but he's a servant. There's four branches that give the identification of who Jesus is. The Messiah, the Christ, Whose son is he? Well, he's the son of David. How can he be the son of David and yet David call him Lord? Because he was before David. He was the root. And he is the fruit. Jesus was who he claimed to be. Now, understand this. When you go down there and look in verse 6, it describes what's going to be like in the kingdom. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. So there's going to be a kingdom upon this earth for 1,000 years long. Christ will rule, and there will be little children in the kingdom. That means there's still going to be children going to be born. Isn't that good news? Not by y'all, though. You're going to have a glorified body. So I doubt that you'll have kids in the kingdom, so don't worry about it. There'll be other people that will not have this glorified body yet. But anyway, that's another story. But God says this is what's going to take place. It's a good thing to know. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Jeremiah. The next book to your right, Jeremiah 
and chapter 23. Jeremiah 23. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah how that the pastors had not done their job. There were some bad pastors. They didn't care about the sheep. So God was going to have to judge these preachers, and he did. And so God says, one day I'm going to get me a, a real shepherd. I'll get a real shepherd that really cares about my sheep. Well, if you look there in uh, verse 4, And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. God said, I'm going to have me a king, because every king always messed up. But God says, I'm going to have a king, and he's not going to mess up. But this king that's coming is going to have, see, he's not going to have a sinful nature. He'll be born of a virgin. That's why in Isaiah 7, 14, Behold, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, it says in the book of Luke. But it also talks about that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel. So being called Emmanuel, he was revealing the character of Christ because Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus was the lion. He was the king of Israel. So when you read the book of Matthew, you'll notice that it talks, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Born king. When you look at the end of the book of Matthew, you find out that they put a crown of thorns upon his head and they mocked him and says, prophesy, O king, who it is that smitest thee? And it says that he put a thing over them that here is the king of the Jews. And they wanted him to take it down. There's a nah. He is the king of the Jews. But see, that's what Matthew is all about, the kingdom. And so it's looking at that from that point of view. Now, take your Bible and look there in the book of Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4, notice there in verse 2. Because you understand that this is where the branch is the Lord. Uh, let me just read one verse to you. You might like this. Look at the first verse. Now, this might be a, a man's heyday when there's seven women to every man. Do, do you see that? Look, look. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man. And that man's going to think he is truly a God's gift to the women. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that right now. I, shouldn't have, I should not have showed you that verse. Look in verse 2. Verse 2, in that day shall the branch of the Lord, this is the Lord, the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. This is the branch that says, Jesus is God. So when you read the gospel of John and you go through it, you don't find any of the temptations in the gospel of John that you find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because God cannot be tempted with sin. It shows you the deity of Jesus Christ. 
And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He was life, and He was the light of the world. He made the world, and came into the world, and the world received Him not. But in verse 14, it says that this Jesus, the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. This was one of the credentials that he had to have when he came. He has to prove that he has the right to be the king of Israel. And he has to be able to prove he is God. And so he was able to forgive sins and walk on water. Create fish sandwiches out of nothing. When's the last time you was able to do that? Some guys are going to be out here today cooking in this old hot sun. I bet they wish they could just snap their finger and it's all done. Now when we go out there, that's the way it'll be. But we don't have to worry about how is it going to be accomplished. Somebody's going to sweat and cook. But Jesus was God. That's why he was able to do what he did. And he was able to know the thoughts of people. Just like for right now, there's a God in heaven that knows all of your thoughts. Good and bad. He knows all of your deeds, what you've done and what you haven't done, what you should do. He knows it all. He is the Lord. And that is so important. Take your Bible, look in the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. The book of Zechariah and chapter 3. Zechariah, chapter 3. And you'll notice here in Zechariah, chapter 3, it talks about the branch now being a servant. A servant. See, he was the king, but a king that serves. And you have a whole book in the New Testament, the Gospel of Mark, that pictures Jesus Christ as the servant, the ox. So he says here in uh, verse 8 of chapter 3, Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch, See, Christ was the little tender plant that came up. And out of this little tender plant, there was four main branches. And these branches are identification truths of the Messiah. But you'll notice that they're hidden in different places in the scriptures so that nobody could put it all together. They had to trust God in what he said. It's just like there's a lot of things because God doesn't want everybody to know everything. We can know a lot of things now because we got the whole scripture. We have the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have the scriptures that tells us as this was the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. How you think. And so even though I would look at it this way. I trusted Christ as my savior. I was born in the God's family. I am a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. I'm going to rule and reign with the king. But while I'm here in this world, I don't believe that God wants me to walk around like, hey, I have the divine rights of the kings. And everybody's here to serve me and do my will. No, he said, but even though you're the king, a child of the king, I want you to be a servant. And I want you to serve everybody. 
For Christ came not into the world to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give his life a ransom for everyone else. So though, yeah, I'm a child of the king, I'm also to be a servant. Though I'm just a man, I'm a man. And I'll always have my human nature forever. Christ came, he had a human nature. We have a human nature and a sinful nature. He didn't have the sinful nature. But Christ was a man. He was a son of man. You and I are men. We have a flesh birth. God's going to change it one day. But at the same time to realize that I'm not just a man. But I am a child of God. And so I should realize I have a heavenly father. So you see there's the book of Luke. The man, and I'm a child of God. And that's why he says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And John, who wrote that, later on wrote, beloved, now are we the children of God. I'm a child of God because of my faith in what Christ. God fathered me. I was born into his family that day, that moment when I trusted him as my Savior, though I didn't understand it all, all I knew is I'm a lost man, I'm going to hell, but I need to trust Christ. And I accepted Christ as my Savior, and God gave me the free gift of everlasting life. So you look there in chapter 3, in verse 8, where he says, Behold, I will bring forth my servant. And this is talking about Jesus Christ. Look there in Zechariah chapter 6, chapter 6. And look in verse 12, since we're right here. And look in verse 12, and it says, And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man, the man whose name is the branch. This branch must be a man. The branch must be God. The man must be a king. He must be a servant. The God, the, my son that's coming. And he said all of this before he ever got here describing what his son's going to be like because he's going to grow up as a tender plant. But God had looked for fruits of righteousness from all the people of the earth and found none, found no one. Nobody could please God because God demanded perfection and nobody was perfect. So God only had one righteous man that lived in this old world and met the criteria and was willing to die for all the rest of the people so that we could live with God for all eternity. He would pay for all of our sins, this one righteous tree. And so the Bible says that he was cut down and cut down too soon. Because it didn't have to be that way. But look there in Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. You won't believe this, but sometimes while I'm talking, Scripture will pop into my mind. And then sometimes it pops out. <laughs> Revelation chapter 4. This is a picture of a scene that takes place in heaven. And... John, who was on the Alapatmos, had been caught up. Now he's up there in heaven. And it says there in verse 6, Behold the throne, 
there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Four beasts. The first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, and the third beast face of a man, and the fourth beast like a flying eagle. Now you have the lion, the book of Matthew. You have the calf, which is the ox, the book of Mark. You have the man, the book of Luke, and the flying eagle. Uh, you have the gospel of John. You got all four. Just a coincidence, ain't it? It's, I don't believe it's just a coincidence. That just happens to be four. And each one has the face of exactly Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, chapter 2. But the Bible tells us that when Christ was going to be cut off, that he says, if they will do this to a green tree, what will they do to a dry tree? You see, a dry tree, a dead tree, ought to be cut down. But he said, I'm a green tree. I'm a live tree. And they're cutting down a live tree. If this shows the wisdom of the world... And as he says, if the princes of this world had known all these things, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But because of their ignorance, their blindness, they couldn't see Jesus was a green tree. There was nothing wrong with him. He hadn't done anything wrong. He did not deserve to die. All of us, we've all sinned. The Bible says we're all dead in sin. We're a dead tree. We cannot produce and bring forth the fruits of righteousness. Here in the book of Philippians where he says in verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In the form of God. He's in the form of God. Who? Jesus. In Christ. Who? Been in the form of God. Jesus was just like God. But then note what else he says here. In verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of a man. So to be the servant, he has to become a man. So here's God who becomes a man. And as a man becomes a servant. Interesting. And in verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man... He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess to the glory of God the Father. This is the way he thought. He was God, but he loved us. And the only thing he could do for us, God can't die. So he came into this world, and the Bible says, a body hast thou prepared me. Mary had a baby, not by Joseph, but by God. The Holy Spirit of God placed the seed within the womb of Mary, and that holy thing was Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. And the only way he would have to be born without a sinful nature. He have to live a perfect, holy, righteous, godly life. Because if he was guilty of any sin of his own, the wages of sin is death. One sin, death. 
One cent he could not have paid for ours. He would have died to pay for his own. But he had no sin, didn't have to die. And so he became the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. God told all of this in advance. A thousand years before Christ ever came. And people want to know, well, you know, you just can't tell if the Bible's true or not. Duh. They're thick. They don't want to see it. But there is a price to pay for their ignorance. If you reject Christ as Savior, you will spend an eternity in hell. And it didn't have to be that way. All you had to do was just open the Bible and read it and understand. And you can understand. You people say, you can't understand the Bible. You can if you want to know truth. If you want to know truth, God can reveal truth to you. It's written in such a way that those who don't really want to know truth can't understand it, can't figure it out. They see verses, they see Bible, you know, all over the place, but they don't understand what it's saying. When I read the scriptures, my mind sometimes is like a computer. I can just pick out, I can just see scriptures all over the place. And I can pull it here and here and here and here and here and here and here. But that's called, I got the Holy Spirit that lives within me. And the author of this book, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of me. He lives inside of you. Every one of us should learn the Word of God because the Word of God is why we do what we do. Because what you do is because of how you think. And how you think depends on, did you hear what God said? Do you know who He is? Jesus. Whose son is He? Is He just a man? Or is He God? He was before David. That makes him God. He was afterwards. Makes him a son. Why would David call his son Lord if his son wasn't Lord? He was the Lord. That's why it's a beautiful question. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. Now the Bible says all of us have sinned. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Every one of us is a little tree that was Grown up into this world. Most of us are saps, I know, but we, we were grown. And God says that he loves us, but all of the trees have to be cut down and all have to die. So one day, regardless of how long you live, you're going to die. And when you die, where do you go? The sin has to be paid, and that's eternal separation from God in hell. Now, if you like that and you're satisfied with that, just leave everything alone. You say, what do I have to do to go to hell? Nothing, no, nothing. You don't have to do a thing. You're on your way. You're just waiting for the day of execution. You don't know when it's going to be. But to go to heaven, you have to be perfect as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. God says, no sin can enter therein. Not even a lie. Nothing. It's a perfect place. And it's only for perfect people. And there are no perfect people. There was only one. That was Christ. So what Christ did is he came into the world to make the rest of us perfect. Taking away all of our sins. He paid for it as though I did it. I paid my sin debt. I don't have to die and go to hell. And the reason is because see, I could not save myself. This hand represents Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, came into the world 
took our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And he said that if whosoever, if you'll believe that he did it for you, he'll put this payment to your account, you go to heaven on what he did. You don't earn that. You don't work for it. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Fifty-three years ago, almost, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I am a child of God. I'm a child of the King. I'm a servant, but I'm just a man. You see, God says, let this mind which be in Christ be also in you. Think this way. You see, because of who you are, humble yourself. Humble yourself and do what God wants you to do with your life. And if you will, God said, I'll bless you. I'll bless you here, reward you when you get there. Can you trust him? Can you trust God? If you can trust him, you have no problem serving him and doing anything he wants you to do. But if you can't trust him, I can see why you'd want to take matters into your own hand and live your own life the way you want to live and be whatever you want to be because you can't trust God. Pity the man. Pity the man who is so proud and egotistical that he thinks he knows it all. Pride cometh before a fall. And, buddy, some Christians are ready for a big, big fall. You know that little phrase about Humpty Dumpty set on the wall? Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. That's talking about Christians who fall off the wall. That'll be another sermon. Let's pray, shall we? We'll title it. Humpty Dumpty came to church. With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around right now, right where you are. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? If you die right now, would you go to a place called heaven? Or would you be going to a place called hell? Christ died for you, paid for all of your sins. Would you believe he did it for you? God said if you'll believe it, he'll save you, give you eternal life, and you go to heaven on what Christ did for you. That's the best news in the world. There's no tricks to it. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to have you sign a card. Don't want anything from you. I just want you to receive Receive what Christ did for you. He paid for your sins. Would you believe it? I'm going to ask him for a raise of hand in just a moment. But that's just to let me know that what I said made sense to you. Because I want to know. And I'd like to have prayer for you in closing. So in the quietness of this moment, is there anyone at all say, yes, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ as my Savior. And preacher, would you just remember me in prayer? Would you slip you in it very quickly and put it right back down? Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you're God's child. As a child of God, think the way God wants you to think. See the importance of serving him and doing right. Do right. Do right. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We ask your blessings upon all the, the work that's been done. We just pray that you'll meet the need. You know what we have need of here. We just commit it to you and ask you to bless. Thank you for this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.